Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is Sci-Fi Diner Conversations 54. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And this episode has been brought to you by our good friend of the Gatecast, Mike Crate, who sends a little token of his appreciation, and Soren Ager. Ager or Ager from Denmark. Man, you guys rock. You are helping support this podcast and if you want to help support the podcast, you can go to the SciFiDinerPodcast.com page and throw some money in our tip jar. If you want to include a message that we can read off the air, we, we will read it on the air for you. Absolutely. And uh, we would love to, uh, you know, kind of say your name and uh, tell a little bit about you. If you want to send out birthday, birthday greetings or happy anniversary or propose to your future wife. Oh. That might be kind of eerie. But we could do that. Well, sure. We why could. not? <laughs> and Miles would do it in his best Klingon voice. I'll do it in Klingon language, too. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll learn it for you. <laughs> but uh, but thank you guys so much for contributing, helping make this podcast possible. And really, this podcast, the, the Sci-Fi Diner Conversations, is about the listeners. Right. Yep. So it's all about the listeners, mm-hmm. and we just want to thank you, and we'll go from there. I think we're going to cover a lot of the stuff that we're watching throughout the show. Right. Um, I know that you're reading another Star Trek novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in Deep Space Nine, loving it. Loved the three-part series episodes uh, trilogy that started the second season. So mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know if I mentioned this ever on the podcast, but I'm I'm working on my own version of R2D2. Yes, I remember seeing. You know, so I have mm-hmm. a uh, Ed inspired me. If you haven't, if you can find it somewhere in our look in the videos on our page, and you'll see Ed and his droid, and he inspired me to. Work on building one, so I have the head, I have the dome, I have the frame built, and uh, have some other stuff. I have a lot of work to do, though, Miles. <laughs> but so. I, I, I assume we'll hopefully see Ed at short leave with. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to mm-hmm. Ed and his droid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee wrote in and said, "Another great podcast, guys." So thanks, Lee. Thanks, Lee, for listening, and not only Lee, but all you other listeners mm-hmm. as well. And uh, we got a voicemail from Rick from Wisconsin. Oh, very good. Yeah, do you want to hear from Rick? Should sure. We, let's, let's let's play Rick now. So. Hi, Scott and Miles. This is Nody from Wisconsin calling for the Sci-Fi Diner Conversations podcast and have some thoughts on uh, TV shows that I'm watching. <clears throat> wanted to say that um, if you haven't had a chance to check out Person of Interest yet, it's a little more like a cop show than a sci-fi show, but it still has that element with the computer predicting people in trouble. And it reminds me of Touch. been watching Touch and... In a way, it's like this boy is like a computer. Uh, there's similar between the two shows. That a, there's a predictive 
element in touch where he's not really sure what's happening as these clues and he tries to figure out the problem to help the person, which is really uh, similar to person of interest in that sense. The <clears throat> show kind of loses me a little bit. I, I'm looking for there to be some scientific explanation of how the boy gets these numbers. And they had an episode where I thought they were headed that direction, and then the next episode I didn't say as much. So I'm still not sure. I haven't uh, become a fan of the show, but I'm still kind of watching it. And uh, I had uh, tried out Awake, but I gave up on that early. And we are enjoying Fringe. Glad uh, to see what's happening in the Fringe universe. It looks like things are maybe going to draw back to where they should be. Uh, it'll be interesting with the shortened uh, fifth season that we're going to get if they can wrap things up and uh, do a, a good job um, resolving the, the different storylines that they have going. I'm hoping in the end it'll be a package where if you sit down and watched it from beginning to end, it would actually make some sense because they've done a good job of throwing out those clues and connections from over the different seasons and just <clears throat> if they'll be able to continue and finish that would be good. I'm glad to have Eureka back on Sci-Fi Channel. Really enjoying uh, the first two episodes of the new season of Eureka and uh, kind of a twist from, you know, they changed it up uh, the last season where they had the different line and now you've got a, another different thing going on. So I don't know if some people like it, but I am enjoying it. And uh, I think that's about it for now. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Rick from Wisconsin, for yes, calling thanks. in. Thanks yeah, for calling, yeah, appreciate it. Some great thoughts here, Miles. Mm-hmm. You watching Person of Interest? No, I haven't had time. No, I watched the first four episodes. Absolutely loved it. But because I had to go to the CBS website, I said this before. Because mm-hmm. I have to actually go to the CBS website and watch, and I mm-hmm. can't just download on iTunes and watch it when I'm on the treadmill or mm-hmm. on the stair step or on the elliptical. I'm sorry, I just don't watch it. That's the only place I really watch TV. I mean, that's where I watch the 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 Terminator that we're going to be rewinding a little bit later on tonight. Right. I watched that on the treadmill, and mm-hmm. uh, if it's not treadmill material, I'm not going to sit there with my laptop open trying to watch it if I can't stream it online. So. Um, so I'm not able to look at, but I am looking at watching. I I like the series Jim Caviezel and and the, the guy from Lost. I, I love it. I just mm-hmm. haven't had time to watch it. So, um, you watching Touch yet? Uh, I I have been. I'm about two episodes behind, but I am enjoying it. There are always two episodes behind in this show. Yeah, I know, but uh, <laughs> but you're enjoying it now. He said that Touch is losing him a bit in the boy because he really wants to find out more about what's going on with this boy, and he's not getting it. Is that your feeling? Um. Maybe that that will be revealed more as the sh- as it, the show unfolds, but I think it's um, <clears throat> I think they're sh- trying to show basically Kiefer Sutherland's character struggle through doing what his son wants him to do as far as picking up on these clues and how and and trying to help people out. Uh, that's what you know. That that's what seems to be happening. Um, is is it's really focusing? I mean, it, it is it is. Uh, it is a big part about his son and what you know his son being is he autistic or what what is he but 
but the majority of the time is faced on with Kiefer just on his little adventures. Well, in fact, Mike Crate says on our Facebook fan page, he goes, not seeing this week's episode, but I'm struggling with the show. Wonderfully shot, very nice music, but if it wasn't for Kiefer, I would have stopped a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So right now, Kiefer's carrying the show, right? Yeah. Any yeah. more Danny Glover? He He's in it, and the last episode I saw, we get a little more insight into his character, so which was good. Um, as, I guess, I mean... I guess it is sci-fi. I mean, in a sense, but because it's um, you know, it's it, it's dealing with um, dealing with the unknown, the unknown, the science of numbers, and um, and and how that works, and uh, you know, probabilities and all, all that kind of stuff. But um, but what, one thing I do like about the show is it, had, it this, this show has a lot of redeeming value. I mean, as far as um, Things things start off bad, but always end up. The, the show the, the show is very hopeful and optimistic. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Sammy Carter said we have a very low Jake count. It was not too bad. Now that he has the Batcave, <laughs> see. Uh, but I get him not watching the show. Uh, Gavin said not as strong as the previous episodes, but still good. Talking about this week's episode, mm-hmm. the way they link people's lives together is always cleverly thought out. But this week's was a little easier to spot coming. Still good mm-hmm. to keep coming. Fringe is still my favorite show, though. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know he actually uh, going back to Rick. Rick says you know his next show was Fringe, and he's just absolutely enjoying Fringe, and he's hoping they can wrap it up in thirteen episodes. You think they'll be able to do that? I, I think they will. I have faith in the writers. Yeah, I mean some stuff will be never be wrapped up, probably to our satisfaction. But I mm-hmm. think they can get the the major storylines wrapped up. Right, right. There's always stuff you wish you would do in the show, mm-hmm. and uh, Fringe absolutely is my favorite show in television right now, and. Uh, mm-hmm. But we should yeah. just be grateful. It is getting oh, yeah, that 13, 13 more episodes. The 13 right? episodes wrap yeah. things up, yeah. Uh, Eureka. You watching Eureka? I, I'm not, but maybe when, if it comes available on Netflix or something, maybe I'll, maybe I I'll give it a try. I streaming it on Netflix. Maybe they're not. I, I, I haven't really looked, but I'm going to. Yeah, maybe they were at some time. But he's loving Eureka. And, uh, you know, Eureka was one of, those episodes, one of those shows that was brought back for, I believe, a 13-episode season. As, I believe it's its final season. Yeah, this is its final season. Yeah, yeah. so uh, another show that was given a little bit of life after it was all uh, said and done. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the fans are really glad for it. So. Oh, yes. So, Rick, thank you so much for uh, chatting about Eureka and letting us know your thoughts on it. If you are a Eureka fan or you're watching Person of Interest or Touch or Fringe, let us know. Call in at one 508 4343 and we would love to hear your thoughts about that. Well, Kalis wrote in, and do you want to read a little bit about Kalis, right? I'd be happy to. Hey, guys, just want to let you know that uh, the Trisha Helfer uh, print and Gaius Fracken Baltar uh, print arrived in my mail. I told my boss that I was going to hang it, this in my classroom, and he asked me if, if she had pointed ears. I replied that she had points, but not on her ears. <laughs> not going to even ask about that. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, I'll take it to school and see if, I, if he could actually let me put it there, just as a joke. I already know what he'll say. The missus is okay with the picture. Thanks, Scott and Miles. You guys rock. Kopla from, from our friend Kalis. Yeah, so thank you, Kalis, for it. So. Yeah, it was good, and uh, I'm glad that he's enjoying that. He, of course, won the prize with them. And uh, mm-hmm. Jason, uh, of course, has yet to send me his address for the last trivia prize. And Scott Chandler also, I guess, kind of cool won that prize. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, Sherilyn Schmidt on Twitter said, an awesome interview with John Delancey. I guess they kind of reposted it or kind of oh, went okay. up, and they really enjoyed it. Yeah, Sherilyn Schmidt, she is um, one of the co-hosts of the Gam- of the Delta Quadrant. Oh, okay, so that's who she is. That's, that's yeah, awesome. And I got to meet her on Colin's uh, podcast uh, How last How did that go, by the way? Um, it seemed to go good. We th- 
although we thought uh, Colin thought the recording got lost, but and we might have to record it again. But he just emailed me today saying it, they, they they have it, so we're not gonna have to re-record anything. So that, that that's good. But uh, um, Charlene's great. Uh, she also writes for um, uh, Truck FM. So oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so lots of love to you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Raul wrote and said, I, I guess on the last listener feedback episode we were talking about, sorry, about Deep Space Nine, and he said, frankly, I'd say your opinion is right about DS9. I quit midway through six, actually. Still thought it was better than Voyager. Mm. Uh, then Christopher Waits, the lost weather guy, uh, said, I wouldn't quit DS9. The last two seasons with the Damian Federation War, I remember as being a good serialized story. And then Raul responded, you're not the first to tell me that. I left because the show was seeming too forced. Plus, I had Babylon 5, Farscape, Red Dwarf, Lex, all of which were better stories, in his opinion. I have to check out the end of season 6 and then 7. And then Troy Heinrich said, if you understand what Gene Roddenberry was trying to accomplish with Star Trek, DS9 is a thousand percent of what Gene wanted to accomplish. Love to hear your thoughts as you progress. And we will love to share them. I'd be curious, you know, I, I, I've heard other people say that Deep Space Nine is a departure from what Gene Roddenberry uh, wanted. Ooh. Yeah, so I'd... So, Troy, maybe we need a little bit more uh, of your thoughts here to find out what you mean by this being a thousand percent what Gene wanted to accomplish. Yeah. Just, uh, Miles is curious here. Me, I have no clue. I'm just, I'm this mm-hmm. newbie here. I'm the noob <laughs> when it comes here, so. But, uh, yeah, just that uh, being at Deep Space Nine is a darker toned and... Um, Shows more of the free frailties of humanity, and where Gene Roddenberry tried to maybe exalt the uh, the positives more. Right, right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Ken Warfield wrote in and said, um, "Hey guys, I really enjoyed your show since I found out about you. Just to give proper credit for that, it was because of your interview with Casey Whalen that we were live that he tweeted when he tweeted about the interview. That was when I found out about your Sci-Fi Diner podcast. I haven't missed one since." Um, he went for the trivia question and. Um, he goes. Thanks again for the uh, trivia. Sh- uh, thanks again for the great shows, and thanks for the chance to get something from one of the great gatherings that we'll probably get to get never get to attend in person. Mm-hmm. Ken Warfold. So thanks, Ken, for being a listener and for uh, you're still listening to We're Alive, right? Oh yes, uh, so just listen to the still, last episode. Still capturing your attention. Yes, and uh, always mad when it's over because I want to know what's going on and not to wait a whole another week. Yeah, for when it. I last left them, they had just got to the compound with the army depot. Okay, that was right. So I'm a few episodes back. So you, you still have some, you know. I have some in the queue saved, to, let, yes. to catch up to, but very, mm-hmm. very good stuff. I'm still mm-hmm. enjoying it. And if you haven't, if you're looking at a good, solid story podcast, traumatic podcast, we're lives it. Oh, yes, if you're, if you're, definitely. If you're looking for something to fill that zombie void. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, we got some news on Total Recall, and we were discussing about the movie Total Recall that's coming out in August with mm-hmm. Colin Farrell. And we were talking about, well, we, we we played the trailer and we said, is there going to be, are they going to go to Mars? Yeah. So J.P. Harvey wrote in and he said this. Go ahead, okay. read it, Miles. Uh, Scott Miles, Mars is central to the original Philip K. Dick story. Total Recall is based on We Can Remember It For You wholesale. You don't necessarily have to go to Mars, but Quayle's apparent memories of his activities on Mars are definitely central to the story. I don't see how the new movie can stick to the original story without Mars unless they make the memories resolve around another uh, – uh, equivalently set of exotic activities and an equally exotic place like Mars. I'm being very vague to avoid spoilers. The original story is only about 36 pages and probably worth grabbing and reading for yourself, JP. Yeah, and I do need to do that. He later tweeted, he goes, so EW reports that the new Total Recall won't go to Mars. Oh. I'm not sure how they're going to pull that off. 
Might still be good though. I'm, at least from when I saw the trailer, I'm I'm. You never tell by trailers, right? But this trailer looks good. It Battle, does. Battleship looks good. You know the, right. these, these trailers. I mean, mm-hmm. you never can tell. You never. We're, yeah. hope, we're hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Doug Smith said hello, sending in a tip. I just heard about the lightsaber stage combat choreography group, a group of performers in Harrisburg, PA, called the Capital City Jedi Knights. Their website seems to be a placeholder. But they have a huge Facebook fan page. I'll put a link to it in our show notes. And apparently it's their second year anniversary. Go figure, Shrug. Thought you might like this. Hope it helps. <laughs> so a lightsaber choreography group. Interesting. Miles, well, you-, you need to join that. I want to see you doing lightsaber choreography. Well, we were, I seem to recall them doing something like that at uh, Farpoint a yeah, couple years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Two years ago they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, they have those around. So uh, give us this little uh, bit on fringe at, uh, I guess, Tarope? Okay. Tarope? Okay. Uh, so Tarope says, so you are happy that Josh practically downplayed his performance just so John and Anna would be the stars. In other words, Josh doesn't deserve a, sec- a chance to shine. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. Well, this came out of our list of 20, and I guess not much of them had to do with Josh, or in there they kind of suggested that mm-hmm. the others showed. You know, the reality is Peter is a central character to Fringe. No yes. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But that, but the guy that has shown consistently that's fun to watch and you look forward to because you just don't know what he's going to do is Walter. Yeah, I mean, well, John Noble just does a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put if you're going to put him on a pedestal, mm-hmm. you're going to say, well, we probably have Walter being the guy that you want to follow. And Olivia's kind of grown to me, but I don't view Peter and Olivia being any better than one better than the other. No, I mean, I would say probably um the uh, the, the Peter Bishop character is probably the straight man. Right. Of, of the trio versus, I'm just kidding. I won't <laughs> go there. I just, just, I mean, in the sense that you, you have Walter, who is, you know, the, the, the genius, the brains, although, um, a, a bit, you know, a bit damaged and a bit, and a bit eccentric. And then you have uh, Olivia who is, you know, also, also the FBI agent, but she has, you know, um, she, she, I don't know. She, she kind of has this wounded bird thing going for her. Um, so, I mean, the Peter Bishop character, although there, there are things, very interesting things about his backstory, he seems to be the most centered out of the, the, the two, the, you know, the, of the three of them. He's, he seems to be the most centered and balanced. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't swing too much one way or the other. A little bit about Olivia, but mm-hmm. as far as the character, he seems pretty mm-hmm. even keel. You don't see him break down a whole lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this was this that list was not that that didn't come from you and I. That you know, uh, Kevin Batchelor shared that with us from. So we're gonna blame Kevin. It's Kevin's fault. It's Kevin's fault, definitely. <laughs> Kevin's fault. He actually got that list from somewhere else. He just kind of recommended it our sweat mm-hmm. in our way. But that's my thoughts on the way it works. I think you can't have fringe without Peter. Oh, right? definitely. You, you you need all three. In of them. fact, uh, we say that, but uh, Olivia's daughter did a pretty good fill in. So you really didn't need Olivia there if you had the daughter. Yeah, this this last the, 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 two episodes ago. Two episodes ago, yeah. yeah. So we'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, well, J.P. Harvey wrote in again. He said, "You know what? We promised you a review about the captains. Here it is, Miles. Why don't you read a review about the captains?" Uh, Scott Miles, very back, back up. Captains is what Miles? <laughs> the captains is a documentary that was produced by uh, William Shatner, where he interviews. Um, uh, 
all, all the captains, all, all the captains and, and, and he also talks about his, his story also. Uh, so of course, so, wouldn't be Shatner without. <laughs> exactly, about talk, talking about himself. Um, not, 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 not a shot against Shatner, but I mean, um, so. A little bit. But um, it's, I, it should still be available on Netflix. I think you can, can still stream it. I just haven't done so yet. Yeah, so if, if, if listeners, if you haven't seen it yet, it's probably still available to stream on Netflix. If you can get Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this is what J.P. Harvey has to say. Scott Miles, very delayed, but as promised, here are my thoughts on the 2011 The Captains, written and directed by William Shatner. I apologize for length. I don't expect you to read these on the show, but by all means, you're welcome to use some of it if it's useful. The more I thought about the film and what I think Shatner was doing with it, the more I thought these comments might resonate with you both. Uh, so in The Captains, early in the movie, I thought William Shatner came off as slightly self-serving in the sense that this was... Really? <laughs> Shatner? No, he never does that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. <clears throat> um, in a sense, this was m- much more something he was doing for himself. Not that it was selfish in a bad way, but he he embarked on this adventure perhaps to help put his own Star Trek experience into context, then to finally put it to the, to the rest as a wonderful and significant part of his life. It was therapeutic for him. He could have done this without filming it, but it wasn't offensive at all that he let the, uh, let the rest of us uh, uh, ride along. The stories about how Star Trek inspired people to strive in life in the opening scene by the owner of the uh, corporate jet Shatner uses meets him and tells him uh, uh, Star Trek inspired him to enter the aviation business and becomes an, an aeronautical engineer. This reminds me of several scenes in the recent Trek Nation documentary when Rod Roddenberry hears how his dad influenced so many people's lives. Sir Patrick Stewart, in the best of ways, he was everything I hope or expect him to be. Did you see his house? Wow. Avery Brooks. My least favorite captain and my absolute favorite interview on the set. This man's uh, humility in light of his severe and, 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 and diverse talent is amazing. He portrays confidence with, with who he is and, and where he is in the universe. I would love to meet him and spend an afternoon or evening just talking with him. Uh, Kate McGrew. This started so well with Shatner waiting in a cardboard box. The banter that followed about how hot he was waiting for her was set the perfect conditions for a very uh, a personable interview. Scott Bakula. For me, he's played the most believable captain. Also has an amazing diversity of talent. Chris Pine. Shatner says, you're me 50 years ago. Well, who won the third round of arm wrestling? We'll never know, but I expect it, it was a tie. Risk is our business. That's what the starship is about. That's why we're or border, Captain Kirk. I think this reflected Shatner's view as an actor, too. Reinforced when he told, when he said he told the production producers things needed to be a little more lighthearted. Stewart told the producers things need to be light, tightened up. And Denise Crosby, and, and um, when he said uh, to Denise Crosby, we're not here to have fun. After the initial round of introductions, the stories about each of the captains flow and the film moves faster. That seems possible. By the time we get to the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, Shatner's mood seems much more relaxed and playful and much less serious about his status. I think this was set in, in place solidly where, where Stewart tells Shatner about the time when someone asked him about uh, filling the shoes of William Shatner. He says, excuse me, William Shatner is filling the shoes of Captain Kirk more than adequately. It's wonderful to see Shatner change from a man apparently full of himself to a man who would mix it up with his fans with respect and almost as peers. His relationship with, with his fans and his uh, perception of their views of him as Captain Kirk was no longer derisive, his words. It was amazing, about 15 minutes from the end of the movie, as, as Patrick Stewart was describing the one difference between William Shatner and the others, Shatner created the show and the others developed that creation. Well, well said, and, and Shatner had very real tears in his eyes. Avery says, it's all music. I believe this to be true of all of life. So he resonated with, with me most due to his uh, worldview. And in response, as he examines what Avery means, Shatner says, everybody is a unique piece of music. 
I said this exact same thing when I conducted my sister's funeral in 2004. Yeah, I, wow. Wow, yeah. I think the experience was somewhat settling or, or completing for Shatner in his life's work as an actor and an entertainer, much broader than the three years he played a starship captain. Yet somehow anchored to that single experience, in the end, it was clear he was sharing his heart with us, not just as fans, but as a fellow traveler. To this day, my favorite two, two runs of the sh- these shows were the original series and Enterprise. In the opening scene, the owner of the corporate jet, uh, Shatner, r- uses... Uh, Me Too and tells him Star Trek inspired him to enter the aviation business and became an aeronautical engineer. This reminded me of uh, several scenes in the recent... This is a repeat of... Yeah, it did. The first part's a repeat, but then he goes on. Star Trek was a significant waypoint in my young life. It helped establish and cement my lifelong love for science fiction along with the books from some of the greats like Robert Heinlein. As a child, I literally dreamt of being a crewman on the Enterprise. Not once, but often across many years. Its vision of the future influenced how hard I studied in school. While I'm not a scientist, it fueled my interest in science, especially physics. It was really, really part of the reason I joined the Air Force as an officer and became a pilot. More importantly, I was captured by the thought of interacting with cultures other than my own, meeting and dealing with people different from me, visiting places as a representative of the place I come from. As a result, I've had three advanced degrees in international relations, policy, and related subjects. I've been fortunate enough to say that traveling around the world, moving within and through other cultures and countries has been a part of my entire adult life. I thank Star Trek, and particularly the original series, for my establishing my desire to seek that kind of experience as a central part of my life. Most important, Star Trek challenged me from the start to think about leadership. I know it informed how I approached problems and led others through them even today, with optimism and creativity. As for the captains themselves, I would love to have the opportunity to meet and spend a little time with William Shatner and Scott Bakula, to hear more of their own stories. I would love to be Avery Brooks' next-door neighbor and to know what books he has on his shelves, to hear more of his music, and to be his friend. Thanks for your patience with these likely comments, JP. Well, well said. Very well said, JP. Yeah. yeah anything that he said that kind of resonates with you? Um, well, that you know, Star Trek had a lot to do with inspiring JP with his own career choices and yeah, uh, and, and pursuing his own goals. So, um, yeah, that's just that, that's cool that. Um, that that start that that Star Trek had that kind of an impact on him. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of neat that we hear him talk about the way the different captains were presented, even uh, even the way uh, Shatner came off. Right, um, and you know, it, it's it's yeah. I, I hope you get a chance to watch sometime. Just it, it's good hearing him and Patrick Stewart talk about you know where they are and how you know they're at peace with um, you know. Where they are with, with with Star Trek. Very good, very good. Thanks, JP, for writing in, and we didn't mind reading your lengthy comments, and mm-hmm. and they were good comments. Um, final bit of uh, listener feedback from Jen from New York. Jen from New York was supposed to be on her Terminator Rewind with us. She bailed on us, which is fine. We we still love Jen from New York. She's been a loyal listener almost from the beginning, if not from the beginning. But she really wants to do one someday with us here. So, anyways, the shows that Jen is watching, even though she can't be part of our Terminator Rewind, you'll hear her comment, actually, in the Terminator when we do that show. Mm-hmm. But she says this. Anyway, for the shows I finally caught up with, Fringe this week, it was really good. It's funny. It always takes me a while to let, to, to let what's going on in the show sink in. I'm kind of sad that they had to shut down the bridge. 
I guess I didn't watch that episode yet. Because they were helping heal the other side. I give this episode five rainbows after a rainstorm. I also realized that so far, these past couple of episodes, I've come to the realization that one of my favorite characters, other than Jonathan Jackson and Anna Torb, has to be John Noble. He has played such a wide range of different Walters throughout. Even when you think a little bit too much of Walter all the time, but when you had Alter Walter, just having both of them side by side was nice. And a nice little moment between them, too, about Peter. I'm also happy to say that we got a season five for the show, too. How awesome is that? Yeah, so I guess that's in reference to the most recent episode, which I haven't watched yet. But mm-hmm. Did you watch the most recent episode? I have, yeah, yes. Yeah. So it makes a little bit more sense what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, Very absolutely, good. yeah. Jen goes on to say, I'm just waiting for a season eight renewal on my Supernatural. A huge fan of Supernatural, if you didn't know by now. Jen absolutely loves them. I still have yet to catch up with the other shows like Touch. I've been finding to be a really interesting show. I always wonder how all the stories are going to connect. And I like Awake, though I have a feeling it won't be renewed for another season from the fact I don't think many people have been watching. But I thought it was interesting the way how he was able to use his problem to help solve cases. Although last week's episode, I felt kind of slow. I was away this weekend, too, so things were kind of crazy that I didn't get a chance to watch Grimm, Once Upon a Time, yet, which I love both shows. Once Upon a Time has been awesome. I did get to watch Eureka from this past week, which I remembered you guys don't watch. Sad, it's the last season of it, but it's been getting kind of crazy. I've also enjoyed Lost Girl. It was funny that on the other podcast I liked, I listened to, Hex Sisterhood of the Supernatural was like, the U.S. has the vampires, and they have the su- su- succubies. LOL. But I really enjoy the sidekick, Kenzie. Most reminds me of the character Claudio in Warehouse 13. Same kind of quick wit about her. And look forward to that starting up soon, too. Probably in June. Probably around the same time Falling Skies, True Blood, Teen Wolf are what I'm looking forward to. And I've been absolutely loving Persons of Interest, even though I know it's not entirely a genre show, but like Hawaii Five-0, it's got people from other genre shows. And if you think Jim Caviezel's character, a little like Batman, where he comes in and out of the shadows, helping the detective like he would Commissioner Gordon, etc., etc. And speaking of H- H- H2O, I look forward to this week's finally new one. It's a crossover with NCIS Los Angeles. I love when the networks do that. I'm also looking forward to the Avengers coming out this weekend. I hope to get to see it on Friday. I'm so excited, especially Thor. He's hot. She didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> Did I say that? Uh, LOL. And at least somebody mentioned to make sure to stay for the end credits because I hate it when nobody winds up telling me and I miss something major. Anyways, I can't think of anything else to mention. Sorry about tomorrow. I hate when they really cancel like that on you, but hopefully there'll be another time. Till then, Jen from New York. So stay for the end credits, Miles. Uh, I always do. <laughs> Yeah, but especially mm-hmm. with the Avengers, and they do a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So anything she's saying that kind of stuck with you? I know Kevin Batchelder is a huge fan of Lost Girl. I didn't watch. You watched the first episode, right? I watched the first episode. Not your type of show. No, not really. Um, but yeah, I, as far as what she talked about, Fringe, um, yeah, um, John Noble's portrayal of the different Walters is, you know, he, he's just a fantastic actor and just enjoyable to watch. And, um, um, you know, I there was some nice interaction between the two Walters that, that she mentioned that I, you know, thought, you know, it's interesting that at one time there was this tremendous enmity and animosity and, and they've kind of, you know, partnered up to try to, you know, save, save, save each other's universe. And so, 
Yeah. And are you watching Grimm at all? No, I'm not watching Grimm, no. Yeah, well, a uh, bunch of people on Facebook watching Grimm, and they're saying, Lee said, this show just keeps getting better. It looks like Nick is going to get to the point that he has to tell his girlfriend. Mike Craig keeps telling, shouting at the TV, tell her, tell her, tell her. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, that he has been up to as well as letting his partner in on it. Well, I can't see him keeping a secret much longer. I do like the darker side of the episode, something that's been missing and only seen glimpses of this season. If they can keep the edge going like they did in this last episode, they could have a long run. So a lot of people liking that. I know that Jason's liking that, and also Sammy Carter on our Facebook fan page are all loving that. Um, we mentioned uh, Once Upon a Time, and... Um, and uh, Regina's job is going to be a lot easier in Once Upon a Time, according to Jason. So we look that I look forward to understanding what he means when I get to that episode. But and uh, Fringe, now uh, we have some comments on Fringe. Let me just read around a few more comments on Fringe, and then we'll wrap up the show. Uh, regarding this week's past Fringe, Rick Snotty said it was an interesting turn. Will this move restore the timeline we first saw in the first three seasons? With the series getting a final season, will we get a decent resolution to our mystery? Stay tuned. So they broke the bridge this past. Episode. Yes, they did. So what does that mean? Was that to sever and keep Doctor Jones out of our universe? That's that's part of the. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to give too many. You know, they, they, they figured that that would be ruin it, Miles. One way to well, he not. It, it was basically to save both 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 universes because what what Jones wants to do is create his own universe. Basically, that it, it also has something to do with um, these. Superhumans that he's you know created or whatever, so um, so yeah, they they think ho- hopefully by severing the bridge that um, that'll stop Jones from from doing what he what he wants to do. Right, right. So uh, I just lost my uh, lost my place here in the show, but but yeah. So that's what that is that's what he's saying with the the bridge. Let me see if I can find that real quick. Come on, load up faster. But uh, so uh, that was the, so the breaking of the bridge was the significant thing this past week's episode. Is that yes, right? yes. Yeah, I knew the Westfield will come back and play, and they'd have to shut off the machine at some point. I didn't think it means it's the last time we'll see the Altiverse. Just have to go back to the conventional means of crossing over, and that's true. There are other ways to cross over. There are other ways to cross over, and I don't like. I, I don't think this is going to be. This is not going to be the last time we see the other universe. Radu said, where, oh my God, where are we going with this? To the future, I say, but wait, there's two more episodes to go. I guess we'll know in two weeks. I think it's a very well done episode, and isn't John Noble just a wonderful actor? Unbelievable performances by him once again. Mm-hmm. Kathy Gona said, I never actually knew or cared about they were leaving. Isn't there always a way? I liked it. And then John Noble, it was indeed wonderful. I hope they wrap up the storyline as much as they can in the next 13 in the future. Uh, with them leaving. Very good. Uh, Gavin said, you know, it's a little anticlimactic from last week's Belter episode, but it was also good to have the cast back as I missed them in last week's. The glimpse of the future we saw has wonderfully set up the next episodes that will lead up to the Fringe's team having no choice but to seal themselves in amber for 20 years. For me, Fringe never fails to deliver. Cannot wait for more. You and me both. Yep, very good. Uh, I believe that's about it. Any other news we need to talk about? No, I think we covered it. Hey, you know, listeners, if we miss stuff that you're talking about and you want us to talk about in the listener feedback show, please call us at one 888 4343 Email us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. We'll make sure that we talk about what you're talking about and care about in the air. Yes. that's really what the show's about, right? Uh, it, absolutely. It's 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 about all of us. Yeah, so come check us out at the sci-fi podcast.com page. There's links to our forum or Facebook page. That's where the conversations are happening. So, 
I believe that's about it, Miles. All right. Well, till next time, good night and good luck. We will see ya.